this Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone 13 39 38. Teaser C's apply. The Triple M Rush Hour. Tonight, Fat Duplessis learns whether he'll be suspended from the Adelaide test as his hearing continues. Paul Gallon is here. We'll get his take on the story that one of his teammates is trying out for an NFL team. Reports of a second positive drugs test for an Australian athlete and which Aussie is about to have a movie made about him. Welcome to the yes, Rush Tuesday. Hour. Tuesday, welcome aboard. Fat Duplessis went in at about 4 o'clock uh, Adelaide time. No, 3.30 Adelaide time. And the hearing still continues. There is a chance... Whatever the finding, it'll be held over. So we mightn't get an answer tonight, but uh, if we do get some sort of answer, you'll hear about it here. Hello, Gal. Hey, Dan. Good Gal, to see you, buddy. What's happened? Now, I've seen all your Instagramming or, or Twittering about your, your trip to New York, which looked wonderful, but here you go with a big shiner. Yeah, big black eye. So I got back and, um, you know, I want to get straight back into the training, so I jumped in the ring and had a sparring session and come out with a, a nice black eye. Are you that bad a boxer? Oh, honestly. Oh, mate. Well, I do spar guys who are better than me, so I do <laughs> get better. I'm joking. I'm taking um, the... There's no doubt about it. It's, it's one of the best shiners I had. It happened in the first round, and I reckon I got punched there every round after it <laughs> just, just to keep at and do it. Didn't get KO'd? <laughs> no, no, I didn't get KO'd, thankfully, but, um, yeah, certainly got a black eye out of When's it. your fight? I'll fight Junior Paulo on the 9th of December, which is in two weeks this Friday, yeah. and then I have another fight uh, two weeks after that, which will be on Southern Cross Group Stadium uh, down in Cronulla. On the field. Oh, hang on. So ninth is versus Paulo. Where's yep. that? That's at the Horton Pavilion. Okay, so you get through that. On the uh, okay. 20, 23rd. So in the middle of the field, not the car park. No, it'll be it'll be set up on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, just in front of the ET stand. What and, happens uh, if it rains? We've checked the long-term weather forecast, and it's supposed to be okay. Cronulla, <laughs> it's the wettest part of I know. that we, stadium. If it rains anywhere in Sydney, it's going to get that stadium. Yeah, no, well, we, we, have, uh, we have a company, Pages, who are doing the setup of the ground, and they've already said if it looks like raining, they, they do have a, uh, a tent or a marquee, a marquee or something big enough for it to cover the ring. So it will be going ahead no matter what. How was UFC? It was unreal. The atmosphere was just unbelievable. It was one of the best events I've ever been to. Um, the only thing I'll say was was the the main event was probably the the biggest disappointment of the night, to be honest, because he just absolutely dominated him. Conor McGregor, he just he hit him with everything he had. He, he, pro- lose, he probably he? could have finished it in the first round if he wanted to. I think he just he knew that he wanted to let the crowd get a little bit more out of it, and he finished him in the second, obviously. So, um, but every other fight throughout the night was very even. They ripped into each other. Uh, it was a good night. The show itself is, is just amazing. It the is a- good, the yeah. atmosphere at Madison Square Garden was like nothing I've ever seen before. It's, it's when you're there and you watch. I went to a basketball game a few days earlier. Yeah. And the court's there, and it seems like it's a normal-sized court, obviously, but when I, I sat nine rows from the cage. I was dead in the, in the middle of the Madison Square Garden, like the court, yeah. and it just feels like the people are on top of you. So to play <laughs> basketball there or ice hockey there in front of a packed house must be an awesome feeling. And you took your wife. Took my wife, me and Annie went over, yep. She enjoyed it? Yeah, she loved it. She, she's into a sports and things like that, so um, she says as long as I never get in there, she'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, sounds like a good trip. We've got plenty of issues to get to, and we'll start right after this. It is the Rush Hour, and we do it for Exitel NBN. For 18 months, uh, you can get Exitel NBN and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone them, 133938. Rush Hour, Triple N. Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone 133938. Teaser C's apply. The Triple M Rush Hour. Ah, Triple M. 
Dave Warner's had some interesting things about Fat Duplessis and what's going on there. We'll play that a little bit later, but let's talk a bit of rugby league because we've got you with us, Paul Gallon. What is going on with your teammate, Valentine Holmes? <laughs> Another NFL bound. <laughs> what is this now the new French rugby where we'll just uh, we'll put this out there and he's going to tr- do some he's testing gonna, with Kamalolo. Yeah, so yeah that, that's right. Look, I don't know anything about it. I heard about it obviously only the same way you guys have. I was in training today. I asked Jack Bird if he'd heard anything or spoken to Val about it. Uh, he said no. I, I think it'll be an unreal opportunity. I think it'll be a really good experience for them to actually go and do it and see what sort of testing they do, um, see how it's all done, see some of the athletic ability of these other guys. Um, do I think Val can make it at this stage? No, I, I don't. I just don't. I don't know enough about that game, but yeah. Val's upper body. I don't think would be big enough to play that game. He's, he's certainly got big, strong legs, and uh, he's an unbelievable athlete. But when I saw what Jared Hayne did over there, Jared Hayne went very well, obviously. But Haynes is a much bigger man, much more athletic. Probably, I don't know. I, I couldn't say he was faster, but I just think Jared, when he went over, had a whole lot more going for them, for him, and a whole lot more uh, athletic attributes than what Val has at the moment. I think if you give Val another couple of years to fill out and develop and grow as a man, um, then maybe he could go and do it. Um, but at this stage, I, I I couldn't see him making it. But as I said, good opportunity. Tom Alolo, on the other hand, I don't know enough about the game to see what position he could he could actually play. But he's a freak of an athlete. Like he's just 115 kilos. He can run. He's fast. He can step. Um, what position he plays over there, I'm not sure. Uh, has Val shown any inclination? Has he worn? Does he wear NFL jerseys? Does he talk about American nah, football? Not, does not, he play Madden? Does he do? Oh, he's always on the, on the Xbox. He probably does play Madden one or PlayStation, one of them. But I, I certainly had this come out of the blue for me. Um, look, and as I said, I think it'd be a great opportunity for them, but I can't help but think this is a bit of a ploy. Um, they're both the same manager. They're both off contract next year. Um, <laughs> I, I told you, it's I, the I new French rugby. <laughs> I can't help but think this is a bit of a ploy to say, look, these blokes have options. Um, they are both They are both going to be probably the in the top, certainly in the top five players in the entire game off contract next year. Yeah, they're not going to make certainly. anywhere near the money in a fir- with a first-year NFL you know, speculative contract that they would... Not a chance. With the new salary cap in rugby league. Both them blacks are looking at 700 plus. By the way, are, you, the, are the players getting teed off with the fact that you don't know what the... I mean, it doesn't really affect you because you're done next year, I gather, but uh, we don't know what the salary cap's yeah. going to be in a couple of years. I know it's starting to affect the managers. I, I talk to my manager, Dave Riolo, fairly regularly, and he's starting to get a little bit tired of it because I know our team, almost our entire team, bar, I think, Andrew Fafita uh, and one or two others, are off contract next year. And you look at our back line, we've got probably one of the best young back lines uh, in the competition. Mm. They're all off contract and they don't know what to do. The, the, the club's trying to talk to them already, trying to get them going because you can negotiate with your own players at this stage. Um, but they don't know where the cap's going to be at, so they don't know what to sign them at. So it is. Has there been any indication? I mean, has the NRL said, look, we think it's going to be X? I, I haven't looked into it, so I don't know personally. I'm not too sure. I'm sure the managers surely have some sort of indication because, I mean, it's December. We're starting – I mean, players can negotiate with other clubs now. So it's, start, it's time to start really cracking down and getting that sorted because, you know, blokes want to know their futures. They want to sort out their futures. They want to sign, sign long-term deals. So hopefully it's uh, known in the next – certainly by the end of this year would be nice. I gather um, you didn't watch much of the Four Nations given you've been overseas. I didn't watch much of it, no, but I said from the start um, of the tournament before they, the, the Kangaroos even went over to Perth, I, I couldn't see them getting challenged, to be honest. Um, I said from the start I was disappointed not to be there. I was disappointed for a number of my teammates not to be there, but in saying that, I, I knew that Australia wouldn't get beaten. Uh, I just thought that the, the, the English side didn't have a good enough side, to, to be honest. 
And the Kiwis just didn't have enough attacking. Without Tuivasa Shek, um, without Kieran Foran, they just don't sit there and have another point, enough points. And when they played against Australia, they, they showed that. I mean, I think they scored three tries in the last two games. I don't can't remember if they scored a try over in Perth or not. So yeah, they just didn't have the, the points in them to beat Australia. You said uh, when we spoke to you the week after your grand final, you would have liked to have been there. But there's a silver lining. I can have a summer off. You know, it's okay. Uh, I understand. But... Did you find yourself, I mean, you were away, but for the final, for instance, that you thought, I just don't want to watch this? Uh, I never had that. I never had that thought. I mean, obviously, you know, growing up and, and being a kid, I was an Australian fan and I want, and I want to see Australia win, obviously. So I never had that thought, I, no, I don't want to watch them. I hope they lose. I never had any any of those thoughts whatsoever. But um, after the, the first probably couple of weeks uh, of, of the partying and the enjoying the grand final win and then to see the boys go and actually playing, I, I, there was some moments where I thought, yeah. Got to be good to be over there. Just one more tour, have one more crack at it. But look, at the end of the day, there's very, very few rugby league players who get to choose when they go out in rep football. There's very, very few. And most players are going to get dropped at some stage. And that was my turn. And as I said, I couldn't see Australia getting beaten. And I thought the blokes that went over played very well and did the job. By the way, uh, your colleague, I can call him that, Chris Sando, because he's on the same fight card <laughs> yes. as you in a couple of weeks, he has walked away from uh, the Warrington Wolves in bitter circumstances, they're not happy with him over there. Could you see him being a factor in the NRL again? Apparently the Dragons, well, I gather anyone who's on the open market, the Dragons are going to be linked. They've immediately said no, yeah. not for us. Uh, Look, everyone, know, everyone, Chrissy Sandow, the trouble is you don't know what you're going to get with him. That's that's the thing. He's, he's such a great bloke. He's, he's, a, he's a type of guy... People actually do turn out to watch him play because he just is that enigma. You don't know what he's going to do, but unfortunately, there's there's good and bad with it. And it was sometimes the bad, the fans and the and the uh, I suppose the club and the players just can't handle it because he's just so hot and cold throughout the game. I, I, I can see him getting him back in the NRL. There's no doubt about that. Will he get back to the level he was at? And certainly the money that he was on, probably not. But um, hopefully for his sake, he can. It'd be nice to see him back. And you know, I'm still he's still under 30 years old, isn't he? So uh, 27. 27. So he's, oh, he's got plenty plenty of football left. And I him. promise I'm not meaning to ambush you here, but I'm just reading this uh, piece here on the Fox Sports website. Fox Sports can reveal a third party also made contact with Cronulla, who were interested in Sando but recently signed Gold Coast utility Daniel Mortimer. So there we go. There just a, go. a case of bad timing. Mm. Well, look, as I said, I, I think he could play a part in the NRL. There's no doubt about that. I, I just wouldn't, probably for his sake as well, don't want to see him sign as his number one halfback to go and yeah, be the bloke to get the club, especially like the Dragons. The Dragons fans want success. Chrissy Sandow is not going to come back and make them a top four or a top eight side again. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone 13 38. Jesus apply. The Triple M Rush Hour. Reporters at the Faf du Plessis case are suggesting that they are up to final submission, so hopefully we'll have a result sometime this hour. Now, Gal, this is a lovely story. It can't all be doom and gloom and negative here on the Rush Hour uh, regarding Brian Lara. Uh, and this is from the Sydney Morning Herald. The ICC Hall of Fame member was in the Hunter Valley over the weekend for a number of scheduled appearances and called into the Albion Hotel in the town of Wickham on Friday. Players from the Newcastle CNS D5 side, the Bennett Hotel Centurions, were propping up the bar and spotted their opportunity, presenting the man nicknamed the Prince with a contract to play. 
what time do we play tomorrow? Lara asked his teammates after signing on the dotted line. It is fair to say this is easily the biggest signing in the local competition's history and the players couldn't be happier to have him on board. He went around and shook everyone's hands and was really approachable, Centurions player Darren Wilton said. If you wanted to ask him something, you just walked up to him so it grew out of that. Uh, they handed him a CNS registration form at the bar, made their pitch to Lara and handed it over. He read it from top to bottom. He obviously signed a few contracts in his day. He signed it and took it in the nature it was intended. So that was the end of it. But now there's a push to get him to actually play. Although the email address to the association <laughs> reads... I wonder what the contract's worth. Well, uh, given our team's recent good form, he may find it difficult <laughs> to force his way into our top 11. Uh, and the association gave the green light on Sunday afternoon. The problem is it's not known whether he'll still be in, in the New country. South Wales in the or country. the country. <laughs> it is unknown if the champion batsman is still in the hunter or even in the country, but the company Sportsbet didn't think that... They're trying to organise this now, the good people at Sportsbet. They didn't think that would be a problem if they made the right offer. So they're actually going to pay proper money. I, want, I wonder if the contract had, you know, half a dozen beers post-game or something <laughs> like that. It, it had actually more money value to it. But you imagine, and the last line here is, imagine being the Division 5 bowler <laughs> yeah. who has to bowl to the great one. Uh, That's a nice story. That's a good one. Uh, let's do this. Well, I hope he comes back and has a game. Now on the Triple M Rush Hour... Another great... You cannot be serious! Censored moment in sport. Here's long throw, goalkeeper's come, has it got there? Harry Kuehl, and then poked home by Tim Cahill! Australia have done it! Six minutes to go, and it's a landmark moment for Australian football! Tim Cahill has scored the nation's first ever World Cup Finals goal! The Rush Hour. Sports update coming up after this, including what Dave Warner said about Faf Duplessis and uh, plenty of other news as well, including which Australian athlete tested positive to drugs again? Rush Hour. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone 13 39 38. TCCs apply. The Triple M Rush Hour. Ah, Triple M. Rush hour on a Tuesday night. Now, something we... I don't think we'll spend much time addressing here because we can't, but um, something that spread like wildfire today on social media. Uh, a prominent rugby league player... Uh, well, a, a partner of a prominent rugby league player has basically released WikiLeaks-style a lot of emails between the two. She's not happy with him. And, look, these are all private matters. And she goes into all these points why she's unhappy with him, which is fine. But there is one point which I think might gain the attention of the NRL. Not that they can necessarily do anything, but it suggests here from this lady about this NRL player that he open-handed, backhanded her when on the use of prohibited drugs, uh, which resulted in her cutting her wrist. So, I mean, we can't verify this stuff, but uh, I know the NRL is now becoming aware of it. Whether anything comes of it, we don't know, but... um, there we go. The world of social media, right, Cal? <laughs> well, I've learned the hard way. It can be expensive and it can be mad. This week, the Rinai B26 Continuous Flow Hot Water System on sale for $799. Half price. Visit abltilecentre.com.au. Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour. Live. Right, still no word on Faf Duplessis' ball tampering hearing, which has been going now for a couple of hours. Uh, not much sympathy from the Australian cricketers, to be honest, towards his plight. Here's Dave Warner. 
the rules are in place for a reason. If you're not going to use them, then and why bother having them? So we as players know the guidelines now. So if you're going to overstep that mark and you get fined, be prepared to miss test matches as well. I won't comment on the way they've been behaving. Let us know from the Australian cricket perspective. Um, we hold our heads high and, you know, I'll be very disappointed if one of our team members did, did that and how they were reacting. Gal has just seen on the TV, I think probably for the first time, that reporter at Adelaide get in the face. I'll tell you what, there's plenty of times you'd have loved to do that, but you can't. (laughs) I can't believe they've actually got away with it. I wonder if, like, their team or their association has fined them. No, well, it was the um, security guard, quote-unquote, who... who Still, I've never... In rugby league, the amount of stuff I've had go on and we've had security and people around us and how much you just want to shove something out of the way, you you just can't do it. I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been more made of it, but I agree with Warner's comments. I mean, you can clearly see by the footage. I don't know what it does. I've got no idea if it it affects the ball whatsoever, but there are, as you said, there are rules in place, and it's pretty clear to see. It's clear as day to see. Now, 18 of the Essendon 34 have been paid off in compensation by the club for their role in the supplement saga. Those 18 had taken out a class action against the club. And remember Big Daddy Brown? Well, the Aussie boxer who shot to fame with an unlikely heavyweight title belt before he tested positive to banned drug clenbuterol. Remember him? Well, remember how he said it was a work and he did nothing wrong? How he was set up? Well, months later, ESPN's website is reporting he has tested positive to clenbuterol again. So, so, as in another, recently, not so a B sample. No, no, that's this right. is so another totally separate test. So, are you saying in the last month, eight, the last couple of weeks? His original failed test was in March, yep. and this one is far more recent. Okay, he has a fight coming up, uh, or he was due for a fight for a WBA belt in a couple of months, and he voluntarily put himself up for testing. So it's. Oh, I, as he said before, I can't understand why he'd, he'd use that drug. Being a heavyweight, I mean, it's a... Because that strips you, doesn't it? It's a it? stimulant that basically just helps you lose weight. He doesn't need to weigh in at any sort of weight, so I don't know what effect it, would, it could possibly have. Well, if you're lighter, and I know the object of heavyweight boxing is to be heavy, but if you are lighter, aren't you more nimble? Well, I mean, you're talking... He's, he's weighs in at probably 120 to 125 kilos. I mean, that's it's a, a big... He's a big man, obviously, but, I mean, the bloke he's fighting, Shannon Briggs, he, he's probably got to be 115-plus as well. So, I mean, it's not like... Like he's fighting a guy who's 90 to 100 kilos who can move around like Mike Tyson used to. It's just, it's just, it's strange. Well, they came from a very respected reporter, Dan Raphael from ESPN. So uh, watch this space. That was a sports update for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. This is the Rush Hour Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone 13 39 38. Jesus is apply. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, it is the Rush Hour. Still no word from Adelaide on FAF Duplessis. Those are long final submissions. Paul Gallon here with Dan and sports updates thanks to ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. We really should have an opener for this, but we'll just get into it. This is Ask Gal. <laughs> this could go anywhere. Wow. They're screwing the calls. I hope they don't. (laughs) I've said to Tom specifically, the wackier they sound, (laughs) let let them through. through. Uh, Where are we going first? Michael uh, in Port Port Macquarie. How are you listening to us in Port Macquarie, Michael? Mate, um, I'm actually, I live down in Sydney through the week and I come down here to work, but I live in Port Macquarie, but I grew up in Sydney. So so you commute, that's a hell of a long, when do you go, Friday afternoon back home? Yeah, Friday afternoon, straight after work. I used to go on holidays to uh, Bonnie Hills at the Rainbow Beach Caravan Park up there. Do you know where yeah, that is? Nice spot. Yeah, good spot there. There yeah. we go. What, what's your question for Gal? 
Um, firstly, I want to congratulate him on a premiership. I'm a Tigers fan, but he's, they've got half the Tigers over there anyway. But, um, it's like a feeder, we're a feeder club for other clubs, I think. Um, anyway, yeah, congratulations on a great season. It was an unreal grand final. I really enjoyed it. But I'm just wondering, as a dad, my, my son's nine year old, and I want to get him in the NRL. He's got his first season coming up. What, does it, what do I have to do as a dad, and what does he have to do to... I know he's got to sort of play basically from now on to that age, but how does he get recognised? Do we... Do we have to move to Sydney to play for a young Parramatta side? Or what, what's uh, the fight? Yeah, look, mate, not at this age. I mean, at nine years old, from nine to I think they're probably 13 or 14 years old, it's all about having fun and just enjoying it, um, you know, treating it just as an activity basically. You don't want to get too serious with it, I, I believe, anyway. And when they, when they start to get 14 or 15 years old, that's when they'll start to get recognised. If they are playing well enough in their area. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in the country... Um, scouts will find them. Sc- scouts will find them. If, they are, if they're standing out um, whatsoever, and, and I don't mean you have to be the best player on the field, if they are standing out, if they are doing their job well enough, that they will get noticed and the scouts will find them and you'll get a trial game at a club somewhere, no doubt about it. But certainly at nine years old, mate, just let him have fun. Let him enjoy it. Good on you, Michael. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Steve, who's got a question about your boxing gal. Yep. Um, hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Not too bad. Um, sorry, just quickly while I think about um, bollocks is another one that could have been used. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, a high class show with high class <laughs> listeners. I love it. Anyway, um, about the boxing, I was wondering which fight you'd be looking forward to um, more. Is it the Junior Paulo one because it's against a fellow um, league player, or the one at um, Shark Park because obviously it's the home ground uh, where you've spent most of your career. So. Yeah, look, I'm looking wondering. forward. I'm looking forward to both. I'd say the the Junior Paulo one to start with is the one I'm concentrating on at the moment because I'm, I'm I don't want to look too far ahead and I don't want to think I'm just going to beat Junior. And, and I was telling Dan off earlier, I'm I'm quite fired up about the Junior Paulo one now. When I was first told about it or first asked about it, um, it was for a charity night, and I was under the impression it was going to be a an exhibition bout where you wore the bigger gloves and you wore a headgear. Um, I've since found out it's obviously a professional fight and Junior Paulo has, I wouldn't say chased the fight, but he said he wanted, he wanted to fight me. So obviously he thinks he can beat me. Oh, Ricky is going to love um, that. You know, it's sort of, it's certainly um, put a bit, a bit of an edge on my training. I'm certainly training hard enough to make sure I'll be certainly ready for the fight and um, tune in. It's live on Fox. Get there if you can at the Horton Pavilion and, and come and watch me. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up to beat him. And then obviously once I get through that, I'll, I'll worry about the one at Sharks. The one at Sharks can be hard for It's a six, six by three minute rounds. I've never gone six rounds before. Um, the guy I'm fighting has got, uh, he's got, I think he's had half a dozen MMA fights. He's won his last two boxing fights by knockout. So that'll be a, you know, quite a tough fight, I yeah. believe. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Steve. Ian, you get the last say. This is a nice, simple question for you, Gal. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Well on the GF. Thanks, you. Thank you. Um, question. The hardest player you played with or against in your whole career? I know you got 12 yeah. months to do it again. No, but I know. Oh, look, like, I never forget this one day we played against Brisbane. Brisbane, it was during the Origin period. Brisbane had all their players out, but it was when Shane Webke had retired from Origin. And I was only young. I was probably only 21 at the time. But I remember Shane Webke that day. I think he might, if he didn't play 80 minutes, he played very close to it. And I just remember hitting this bloke as hard as I could time after time. And he just kept coming and he just kept pumping his legs nonstop. And, I, and they won. They beat us. We, we Look, we hadn't never had a great side back then, but... Um, we certainly probably weren't favourites to win and I, I reckon as a front rower he single-handedly beat us uh, on his own he had a great game um, but in saying that, uh, he, he, that I'll, never, I'll never forget that game but Cameron Smith I believe is one of the most he's probably the most ruthless competitor in the competition I mean he doesn't always have that aura people think he's a nice guy but he is a 
he is probably the the toughest opponent and and I'd say best player I've played with or against. There you go. Good questions. Well done, Gal. Uh, we got a sports update coming up after this. Rush Hour Triple M. Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit Exitel.com.au or phone 13 39 38. T's and C's apply. The Triple M Rush Hour. Sports update. Yes, indeed. Just let me get my update. Have you got anything to do with what we've been talking about today? Yes, it does. Uh, vaguely. Marika Corabetti will make his Australian rugby debut this week. Now, it won't be in the Wallabies test against Ireland. Rather, a squad, a squad game against the French Barbarians uh, or a French Barbarian side on Friday. So a nice, soft landing for Maricat. Rugby League's golden boot will be decided between Cam Smith, Darius Boyd, Jonathan Thurston and Jason Taumalolo. Cooper Cronk, joint Daly M winner with Taumalolo, was not nominated. Now, golden boot, that takes in everything. So that's uh, club, state and... International. International. Yeah. Boyd was great. He was. Yeah. He was very good. International. Um... Maybe Talmalolo. He's pretty good for the uh, Kiwis. I, I probably couldn't go past Smith again, unfortunately. Mate, mate anyway. this sucking up the <laughs> I'm not Smith. sucking up with one bit. You've been doing it for six months, mate. It's hang getting sick. Hang on, hang on. I haven't sucked up with one bit. I've just, <laughs> I half sprayed him before by saying he's, he's not the person people think he is. He's when, a ruthless competitor. <laughs> when he retires, you think we'll say that's the greatest winner this game has ever had? Oh, right, okay. You rub, rub it in even more. Well, he's, I'm talking about just... Well, he's only won one grand final. He's won the same amount as me. Yeah, he, he has. Won. He just won and a few more origins. Yeah, ten times as many origins, has he? <laughs> Nine times. Uh, and NBA chair. Hang on. He's won. How many have you won? One. one. I've won one. You won one. You won them all. Well, he's won ten. They've yeah, won ten out nine. of the last they've eleven. Nine. They've won nine out of the last ten. Oh, you only played. No, they've won nine out of the last ten. And ten out of the last eleven. Oh, have they? Is that what it is? Isn't I thought it was nine out of the last ten. I don't know. Who cares? I won one. <laughs> and NBA champion Matthew Dellavedova will have a feature movie made about him. The press release says it will be an underdog story along the lines of Hoosiers and Rocky. So there we go. Matthew Dellavedova from country Victoria making it big. Although, now how do I say this without being rude? He's not the star of the Cleveland Cavaliers. But yeah. I know he won and he got a big money contract this year. Like, well, I'm not bagging... He's an Aussie. Is the movie made because he's an Aussie? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's well, an Australian production. Well, there you go. He's an Aussie, so... But he's... <laughs> Look, that's the LeBron James <laughs> championship. <laughs> I'll take it if I was him. Okay. <laughs> do you want... Okay. Th- this day 30 years ago, do you yeah. want to have a go? I'm, I'm thinking, because you've mentioned uh, a Rocky-type theme there. We spoke about Lucas Brown. I'm going to say Mike Tyson become champion of the world. Bang! Oh, my God! Yeah! <laughs> Youngest heavyweight champion. Yeah, I am not God, a great good. human, but certainly a uh, interesting How? human. Can you please explain to everyone listening? But not he didn't shoot. I promise. Yeah, yeah no one told me that. I knew as soon as you said, "Is it along the themes of the show?" And, I knew. And I when you, and when he said vaguely, I I, I knew world there champion we go. Trevor Burbick. Burbick. That was on free to air television. That back in the days. Really? Yeah, it was. I, I reckon Channel Seven showed it. It was lunchtime on Sunday. That would have been good. Yeah. Would have been a big audience. And that's, uh, and that's uh, then Sky Channel took over, and then everything was pay per view. Uh, there's a few pointless facts for you. Uh, that was a sports update for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. Mal Meninga has spoken to Channel 9's Danny Widler about the prospect of Jason Talmalolo and Valentine Holmes going to the NFL. Hopefully, makes it. To be honest with you, I mean, I when I um I, I tip my hat to guys who try things out and have a bit of a crack at things, and I think um, hopefully Val, you know, will do the. We'll, we'll impress him and, and get an opportunity. Uh, he sounds like a bloke, Mal, that you would love to play for. Oh, I, I, I had him. I spent five days with him, and 
yeah, from the very probably first couple of meetings, I wanted to play for him. You're exactly right. So there we go. That's, uh, that was on Channel 9 News. We're still waiting for news on FAF Duplessis. So that hearing goes on and goes on and goes on. So uh, we won't have an answer tonight, not on this show. Hopefully, uh, the breakfast boys uh, will have it tomorrow. We've got to go, gal. Thank you. If Thank I don't you. speak to you, good luck with your bouts. Thank you. Ugly Phil next. Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the Exitel NBN deal. Get Exitel NBN for 18 months and pay zero activation. Visit exitel.com.au or phone 13 39 38. Jesus is apply. The Triple M Rush Hour.